With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. DeBolt. Hello, my friends. JT DeBolt's with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. And you know what that means. It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by flywithjt.com. That's flywithjt.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, at least for the time being as well as stay connected to everything going on in the high-altitude community. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road. Very excited about some of the things that we're going to be announcing in the very near future. So make sure you don't miss out on any of that. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com. Today, we're going to explore something that is, (laughs) it, it literally affects everybody. Every single human being. Doesn't matter how high of a performer you are. Doesn't matter what your measure of success has been. Doesn't matter if you're at the pinnacle of, of your career or your business or if you're just starting out. We have a tendency to all be affected by what we're going to be talking about today. We're here in the middle of January for all intents and purposes. In fact, January is more than half over already. So statistically speaking, 70% or more of New Year's resolutions have failed. We still got another 20% or more to go. <laughs> So by this time each year, statistically speaking, if you're the type of person that sets New Year's resolutions, 75% of them have already failed inside that first two weeks. And that's pretty crazy. I mean, that's a precipitous fall, if you think about it, from the time we start till the time we finish. The question I would ask you to ponder is, what if that number was flipped? What if instead of it being a 75% or ultimately a 95% failure rate when it's all said and done, It was 95% success rate. Wouldn't that be interesting? If 95% of the things you set out to do, your goals, your aspirations, even your resolutions, would come to fruition, you could see it through to the finish line. Typically speaking, we as human beings have a choice to make. It all, I mean, that's really ultimately what it comes down to, right? Choices. We have a choice between eating healthy or eating that thing that we just can't say no to. We have a choice between doing the workout or laying on the couch. We have a choice between picking up the phone or putting off for another day. And at the end of all of this, we get the result. The result is the byproduct of that choice that we make. The way I like to think of it is this. We have either answers or excuses. 
if you think about it like a mathematical equation, your answers are divided by your excuses. So the bigger your excuse, the smaller the product of that whole thing. But the bigger your answers, then the more, the more value it's worth, right? One half is a much bigger number than one one hundredth. So if your excuses are that 100 or that 2 in the 1 half mark, then you can see that there's, there's serious value in having smaller excuses but bigger answers. But if your answers are divided by your excuses, you still have to multiply it by action. It still comes down to taking action at the end of the day. I was reading an interesting article the other day, and uh, it was written by a guy, uh, Dr. Timothy Peichel. I hope I'm saying his name right. P-Y-C-H-Y-L. And he's an associate professor of psychology at Carleton University in Ottawa, Canada. And what he said is that we create all kinds of ways to really deal with our excuses. And it's cognitive dissidence is what he calls it. And basically that's that friction, that resistance between what we know we need to do and what we actually do. So if you say, hey, I'll, I'll be there, you know, or I'm going to do this thing, but you don't do it, there's... There's that cognitive dissidence that happens where you have that, that sort of tug of war, that pull and push inside of you that says, man, I'm not living up to what I said I was going to do. If you made that resolution to stop eating sugar or to stop eating fried foods or to start working out and you're not doing it, you know you feel that tug. It's, we call it guilt or we feel it shame or we, you know, we call it all these different things. But what's interesting is that he talked about sort of this hierarchy of how we get through that how we deal with it. And the first one is, you know, he says that we rationalize away the behavior, basically saying it doesn't matter. It's a drop in the bucket. You know, if I miss a workout, no big deal. But we know deep down inside, hey, we still missed a workout. We said we were going to work out. We said we were going to be consistent with this. But we think, ah, missing one workout's no big deal. I'll just do it tomorrow, <laughs> right? The second level is that we deny any kind of responsibility. Now, you might say something like, that's not my job, that's not my responsibility, that's not what I was supposed to do, that's somebody else's role. But on some level, that's how we start to rationalize it a little bit further. Now, what's interesting about this is, is he put, put this out as sort of a hierarchy, meaning easiest to most difficult. So it's easy to say, ah, it doesn't matter, I'll just do it tomorrow. Next easiest, or next hardest, I guess, is to deny the responsibility, to say it wasn't our, our job. The next level of difficulty is to distract ourselves from the inner conflict itself convincing ourselves that we've got bigger fish to fry. We start making all kinds of really weird excuses for why we shouldn't do that. Listen, I would work out, but I'm too busy. I would go to the thing that I said I was going to, but I got too, you know, caught up with work. Couldn't make it. So we send the text and say, I'm not going to be able to make it. And these things happen. We start distracting ourselves with that inner conflict, or it's distracting ourselves from the inner conflict, rather. And then ultimately, the most difficult thing is to actually change the behavior, to actually live up to what we said we were going to do, address the issue on the spot, and, and fulfill the promise that we made, either to someone else or, more, more importantly, to ourselves. Now, that's all fine and well. We can understand sort of that hierarchy of how we go through dealing with that cognitive dissidence and say that it's easy for us to rationalize away behavior far more than it is to challenge or change the behavior. But how do we actually go about changing it? How do we stop making excuses? There's a few things that we can begin doing right now 
that can help us get away from making the excuses. And when I said this before, I said, listen, this affects literally everybody. Every single person on this planet, even the most successful, the highest achiever you can imagine, they still make excuses. We make excuses why we can't do things, why we won't follow through, why we're late, why we're you know, unable to deliver 100% of what we said we were going to do. And at the end of the day, to get past that behavior, there's really a few things that we can begin doing. The first one is to align our actions with our beliefs and our values. So if we align what we do with how we feel inside, suddenly we start living more authentically. If you're somebody who has a strong belief in integrity, if integrity is one of your values, then doing what you said and being a person of your word and being a person of honor will now become something that you do on a daily basis. It takes being crystal clear on what your values are, though. And it's, it's kind of interesting because I think when we start talking about values, it feels kind of old time. You know, it sort of feels like this old-fashioned discussion that maybe our grandparents used to have. Family values, you know, national values, personal values. But at the end of the day, really, if you want to live a life where you're making fewer excuses, you've got to be clear on what your values are. You've got to be resolute in what your beliefs are. Sometimes we can have goofy beliefs. We can have beliefs about things that, that don't serve us well. But if you act in accordance with your beliefs, at least you're being authentic. At least you'll stop making commitments to things that you know you can't follow through on. It's not a question of somebody judging your beliefs. It's not a question of somebody saying your values are worthwhile or not. It's more important that you're living in accordance with those beliefs and those values. That you're taking the actions that align with your beliefs and your values. The next way to stop making excuses is really to stop lying to yourself. The single most the single most painful, most powerful, most impactful lie that you can tell in the world is the lie you tell yourself. And at the end of the day, you're the person that knows. You're the person that knows. We all tell ourselves little lies, I'm sure, from time to time. But here's the interesting part about this is that over time, it starts to really have an impact and we either start going down that path where we rationalize away the behavior or we deny responsibility. Perhaps we even distract ourselves from that inner conflict. But what actually changes, what shifts everything, it gets us from a place of being an excuse maker and being an action taker where we deliver those answers that are bigger than our excuses is to, is to absolutely uh, jump in there and stop lying to ourselves. Make that commitment and say, listen, of all the people in the world I'm going to honor and respect, it's going to be myself first. That's a huge commitment leaders have to make. If we don't have that inner game dialed in, it's very difficult to be awesome on the outside. It just is. It's hard to show up and deliver your best performance when the inner struggle is too difficult, too, too much friction, too much tug and, you know, too much tug and pull and too much of, a, of an inner battle, inner conflict. The third thing we can do to stop making excuses is to reject that short-term comfort for the long-term gain. Man, it's so easy when you're tired to say, I, I just need to sleep in. I'll run tomorrow. I'll go to the gym tomorrow morning, but not today. I stayed up too late, was working on a proposal, and, and I didn't get to bed late. The kids had me up late. Whatever the, whatever the excuse is, or we can reject that temporary comfort for the long-term gain. One of the most powerful things you can do is to say yes to your commitment in the moment of discomfort. That discipline that you have to have is actually forged in that pressure cooker of that decision process right there. 
when it feels amazing to take it easy, to take your foot off the gas pedal, when it feels amazing to reject the thing that you know you should be doing, it's in that moment that your character is tested. So when we reject that short-term comfort for the long-term gain, yeah, it's a little bit discomforting. You know, it's a little bit painful. It's a little bit cold, itchy, whatever. But in that moment, we take a massive step towards saying yes to really what we're here to achieve anyway, and that's our personal greatness. Next is to focus on the why of the outcome. So it's one thing to see that long-term gain that we're looking for. It's, a, it's one thing to, to rationalize it and say, okay, absolutely, I can be uncomfortable for these first few moments and allow myself to work hard toward the outcome I want. It's another thing to be focused on that particular outcome itself, not necessarily obsessed over it. I'm not talking about being obsessed over results, but I am saying being focused on it. Because if we focus on not just the outcome, but the why behind it, all of a sudden, it becomes far more powerful than the excuse. This is where your answers become larger than your excuses. Your answers are anchored in your, in your values. They're anchored in your beliefs, but they're also anchored in the why behind the outcome that you're working toward. So answers are really just a, a way of articulating who we are at our core. And to be able to illuminate the path for ourselves and say, listen, as tempting as it would be to take the easy way out, as tempting as it would be to make an excuse for why I can't, won't, don't, you know, shouldn't do it, I'm actually going to jump into action right now. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be great. It's not going to be as, as alluring as that as excuse can be. But I'm going to be here anyway. I'm going to step into this. I'm going to give it all I got. The next is to expect it to suck, but embrace the suck anyway. You know, the Navy SEALs have a great philosophy, if anything, and that is embrace the suck. They do the stuff that's hard. And instead of whining about it, instead of making it out to be more difficult or more monumental than it really is, they embrace it for what it is. They don't sugarcoat it. It's not a Pollyanna approach to it. It's not saying, wow, this is so awesome, I can't wait to do it again. But more importantly, what it is, is simply saying, you know what, this is what it is. It's time for us to just step into it, embrace it. You know, the water's cold, the muscles are sore, the brain is fried, but we're going to press on. We're going to embrace it. And when you're up against that decision matrix of whether to make the excuse or to step into the answer, it's one of the most powerful choices you can make is to expect that to suck. That decision may not feel great in the moment, but the long-term viability of you doing it again and again and again goes way up when you do it once and do it again. So you have to embrace that suck. You have to embrace that discomfort. You have to embrace that inconvenience at times in order to really step into it and make it great. And finally, see it as training. You know, I remember as, a, as an aviator, we did pilot training all the time. These training flights were not fun. It wasn't like we we're just going to go up and dance, or dance in the clouds. We were tested on our you know, aircraft systems knowledge. We were tested on our uh, performance knowledge. We were tested on uh, you know, regulations and you know, all these different things. And then on top of that, you had this instructor pilot that was grading you on everything you did. But you know what? Those pilot training flights made us better aviators. It was so ridiculous. Some of the stuff they would throw at us, they would literally give us every possible emergency every possible malfunction that was possible, and then expect you to handle it one right after the other. And there's really virtually no way that would probably ever happen in real life. 
but it made us better aviators. And so if you look at stepping away from excuses and stepping into the action that you know you have to take, you can see it sort of as training, as building muscle, as honing skills, and as building probably one of the most important skills that you can have, and that is the ability to take action, to refuse to make excuses, but more importantly, to step into positive action. You see, that's really important because we can overcome excuses, but we still need to take the action. You might create an answer that's bigger than your excuse, and you could say, that's great. Now I have a path forward, but until you take the step down that path, well, then the path itself isn't much use. To get away from making excuses, we have to realize that it's about aligning our actions with our beliefs and our values. It's about refusing to lie to ourselves, probably the single most powerful lie we can tell to stop saying to ourselves, we'll do it some other time, or this excuse is far more important than any answer we could could come up with. We have to reject that short-term comfort for the long-term gain and realize that, yeah, that time that we have to sort of embrace the suck and move forward with it is going to be far more valuable, far more than just the act of taking the step forward. In some cases, it's redefining who we are at the character level and letting that seed plant itself in our psyche and take that self-confidence to the next level. And then, of course, see this all as training, and remember that we're focused on, a, on, on an outcome. We're focused on the why of the outcome. And in order to get there, we have to train ourselves to continue to grow, continue to refine, and continue to improve. And in that refinement, we find ourselves. And in that refinement, we step into who we truly are at our highest, greatest level. And that's a pretty powerful, pretty empowering place to be no matter what you do, no matter who you are, no matter what excuse you might be up against, to step into your greatness is one of the most, in, most, the most incredible things you can do. And it starts with a decision, the decision to make your answers bigger than your excuses and to take the action that's necessary to succeed in that particular task. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show each and every single Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Have an amazing week. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com. Download a complimentary copy of Flight Plan to Success. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you next week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.